Section 73 of India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kevin Stewart. The World's Story, Volume 2, India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 73. The Prince Who Lost His Book. By Wilfred Sparoy. And now give me your mark books. Bahram Mirza, Firadun Mirza, and Humayun Mirza brought me theirs at once. But Akbar Mirza, glancing at me furtively out of the tail of his eye, began to make excuse, saying, I cannot find my mark book anywhere, sir. It must be lost, I think. There is no denying the fact that your marks have been mostly minus qualities of late, I said dryly. Akbar Mirza's cheeks took on a nectarine flush. May I eat dirt if I was afraid of your showing the book to his highness, he said all in a breath, replying to the tone of my remark, as is the way of boys in the east, as in the west. That being the case, I must insist upon your finding it. If it is not here, it might be in the Andarun. Go and look. It is not in this room, sir. Is it in the Andarun? I don't know, sir. We'll go and look. Sir, his highness will be angry with me if— My dear boy, I cannot possibly take the prince's anger into consideration. The book must be found. I will not have you in the class until it is forthcoming. Off you go. In half an hour's time he came back. The book? I have sought, but I have not found it, sir. Be gone. Sir, his highness will be in the Andarun now. Please excuse me, sir. Akbar Mirza, you have not told me a single untruth in all the months we have worked together. I believe you to be absolutely truthful. Be frank now. Have you destroyed the book? No, sir, by the head of his highness. Then the mark book must be somewhere. Go and look for it again. The next day I asked him the same questions and received the same replies with this result for Akbar Mirza that he was again banished from the precincts of Chahil Sutun. The light dawned upon the third day, but not upon the whereabouts of the missing book, nor upon the release of the prisoner on parole. On the fourth morning, however, he entered the classroom and flung himself upon my mercy with characteristic frankness. Sahib, he said, you are the master? My ear is in your hand. I am your slave. May I also be your sacrifice. The mark book is not lost. It is destroyed. It was I who tore it in pieces. The giving of alms, Akbar Mirza, is, as you know, specially recommended by Muhammad. I am glad that you have appeased your conscience at last. Humayun Mirza was right when he said that to tell the truth is to give alms to one's conscience. Sit down. He obeyed, looking extremely crestfallen. Don't be downhearted, my boy. Cheer up. All is forgiven and forgotten. I am your sacrifice, sir, he replied. Upon my life, that is exactly what you look like, said I. For goodness sake, try and wear a more cheerful expression. Is it my fault that you haven't a single mark to your name? That is not the reason that I am sad, sir. Is it not? What is the reason, then? God knows, he replied. Undoubtedly, but won't you enlighten me? I like better not to say, sir. Of course, I cannot insist upon you confiding your trouble to me, 
but I do not like to see you so woebegone. Have you forgotten how to smile? Akbar Mirza, making a manful effort, summons so livid a smile from the depths of his misery that I implored him to weep outright and have done with it. Much to my surprise, he took me at my word and burst into tears. I went home, meditating. The next time I saw him, he was his own man again, and so I dismissed the whole matter from my mind. But one day, some three or four months afterwards, when I was setting the bookshelves in order, I came across Akbar Mirza's markbook, hidden behind a row of the students' modern Europe. I turned round and faced the class. "'What is the matter, sir?' asked Bahram Mirza. "'You look as if you have seen a ghost.' "'Precisely,' I replied. "'I have just seen the ghost of a book that departed this life some three, or was it four, months ago? The strange thing is that it is not in bits, as the ghost of a book should be, but has every appearance of being fit to serve a useful purpose for some months to come. I wonder whether Akbar Mirza will recognize it or not. Here it is. And I set it on the desk in front of him. It is my mark book, said he. Which you destroyed, I added. It is, he paused, overcome by prescience. A miracle, Akbar Mirza? No, sir. It is the first lie I ever told you. That is why I was sad when I told it. Did I not weep, sir? Then I recalled his expression of unutterable misery. Yes, I remember now. But why, having told the truth in the first instance, did you not stick to it? I will tell you, sir, it was like this. I had lost the book, and could not find it anywhere. And you would not give me any lessons until I had found it. All this I told to His Highness when he asked me why I was absent from school. And my mother, who was present, said to me, You have told the truth, but the Sahib will not teach you until you have found the book. The truth has served you ill beyond a doubt. Now, if you would say that you had destroyed the book, the Sahib might give you the sticks, perhaps, but he would certainly give you your lessons. And His Highness said, By my eyes, it would be wise to take your mother's advice. And I replied, saying, But the Sahib likes me to tell the truth. Since the book is not destroyed, he might find it. Would it be wise, therefore, to say that I had torn it in pieces? And this I said on the second day, and His Highness said to me, Are you telling me the truth now? And I said, Yes, may I be your sacrifice. And His Highness said, I hope you will find the book soon. But I could not find it, try as I would. And then on the third day, all of the ladies of the Andarun said to me, Why don't you tell the Sahib that you destroyed the book? You must be a very silly boy to preserve in the truth when it serves you so ill. Be wiser tomorrow than you have been today. And so I came to you next morning and told you the lie. I was sad then, and I am sorry now. And there was a pause, and a silence so deep that one could hear Akbar's heart beating like a clock. Said Bahram Mirza, I wonder what the Sahib will do. It is a very interesting situation. Akbar Mirza is not so much to blame as the women, is he, Mosi Monami, said Humayun Mirza. And the Sahib cannot give them the sticks, Faridun Mirza added. Silence, boys, let me think. And so saying, I struck a match. He is going to smoke, Humayun Mirza whispered. His voice was pitched in the key of a Gregorian chant. He was right. When I had finished my pipe, I unburdened my completed reflection in the matter by saying, There is no thoroughfare. The incident is closed. 
There's nothing more to be said. To business now. Bahram Mirza, stand up. I will tell you when you may sit down again. Bahram Mirza smiled, but my conscience would not keep silent, and well he knew it too. Sit down, boy, said I at last, tired of the unequal struggle, whereat the rogue smiled more eloquently than ever. End of section 73. This recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Stewart.